years since I have said those words. And here we are, Mickey White, Jim Garrity. We used to do this thing called T-Jams. We used to talk about pop culture. We used to talk about what we were watching on TV and in the movie theaters and just generally anything in life. We tried to stay away from the political stuff. Mickey's had a new job. She's been very busy. I've had a couple of new (laughs) things on my plate. I've been kind of busy. But we decided with Christmas close, it was time to return. It was time to come back together. Mickey, how are you in the early weeks of the 2022 holiday season? I am actually, first of all, I I think it's important that I say thank you guys for listening. And we are so excited to be back. Um, It has been a crazy couple of years. But Jim, it, it seems right that we should get together around Christmas, doesn't it? Like, it always feels like that's kind of our holiday season anyway. We've had some very successful Christmas specials in the past. So I guess we could consider this the TJM's Christmas special. It is. It kind of, and probably not like the Star Wars holiday special. This will be hidden away <laughs> and only accessible through, you know, black market YouTube tapes and things like that. Fair, fair. However, Having said that, um, there is something out that's new this year that I do want to talk to you about in a minute that is very reminiscent of the Star Wars holiday special and, of course, is Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll get to that in a second because I do want to just say, you know, it has been an exciting holiday season thus far. Um, Really, we've kind of built up a lot of activities and things that we do to get ready for the holiday season. And, uh, and, you know, just the normal traditions as well, but kind of some other things that we have added, which I'll talk about a little bit more later in the show. What about you, Jim? Are you ready? Honestly, I feel like the holiday season, the standard complaint is, ah, it begins every year. You know, I saw Santa's in the the price club in August, you know, all those usual complaints that the merchandising and and commercials and all that stuff starts too early. Look, post Thanksgiving, everyone would agree, you know, Christmas season has begun. Black Friday Mm -hmm. is the very next day. And I don't know, it feels like it's flying by. We have the tree up. We did a couple of the ornaments. We're going to have our party this coming weekend. But I got to tell you, like, you know, it feels like it's 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 zooming by. Still have a ton of gifts to, to do. Um, and I don't know exactly when or where it happened. But holiday seasons, you know, the 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 selling you stuff part of, of Christmas begins way too long. The actual enjoyment of the holiday season, it is on fast forward. Somebody hit their foot on the accelerator and like one of those old Ford cars, it will not uh, will the, the, the accelerator stuck and we can't get it back up again. I want to propose something to you. A, something that, that the Europeans do over the summer is, you know, everyone takes a holiday, right? I think that the real problem with us as Americans and what we run into during the holiday season is we just don't have enough weekends mm. because everything's booked for a weekend. No one wants to put anything on a weeknight because people won't show up or they have to leave early or, you know, it's just hard because you've got the kids mm. and they're in swimming or soccer or whatever's going on. And so I think when you, you know, one of the big things is you, you only have the weekends and a lot of times, you know, Friday could be tied up with one thing. Saturday's tied up with another thing no, I, um, during this time of year. You, you put your finger on it that uh, traditionally you're like, oh, you know, like for, you know, particularly if you're, you know, I assume most listeners know I write for National Review and my life revolves around political politics. <laughs> and, and the, you know, you, oh, do we actually elections traditionally end in November? And then kind of November and December are kind of the quieter, slowing down, you know. Thank God. And, you know, and unless you're working in retail, the end of the year is supposed to be generally the slower part of the, I, part of the year. I don't think many people feel like that's the case. And in fact, once you put in the school Christmas concerts, 
and this Christmas play and every other, uh, you know, church gathering and the Rotary Club and every little event you want to get to. Well, all of a sudden your schedule gets much busier. Well, I think that if we, here's my proposition. I just want you to think about it. A national holiday season where we're off. So that we don't have to do it on the weekends. Now, I realize it might be difficult to get people to take off the entire month, right? Like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, everyone's off all the time. But maybe we could like knock it back to like, no company can have people work more than three or four days during those weeks so that you can, you know, get some shopping done, have lunch with some friends, things of that nature. Or, at, yeah, or, or at least get the normalization of taking a day off in December, not because you're sick, not because it's part of a Christmas vacation departure travel or something like that, but just making December a genuinely leisurely time of year, unless you work in retail. And of course you're dealing with people or you're Amazon delivery men or, or any one of these folks who has to, you know, you work in supply chain. This is your peak as well. So obviously there are a lot of people that couldn't do that, but that's why I said the extended weeks are, you know, extended weekends, if you will. Hmm. I think we just need more time because, as I said a little earlier in the introduction, we have actually started doing something rather interesting here. Um, As you know, I'm a big fan of Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're going to talk a lot about Hallmark Christmas movies. And we have some friends who have podcasts that are dedicated to Hallmark Christmas movies, by the way. Um, And we need to make sure to give them a plug as well. Amelia Hamilton and Kira Davis. And I believe Mary Catherine Ham also has one. So those are dedicated Hallmark Christmas movie podcast that you can check out. So, But we will be talking about those later. One of the things that is traditional in the Hallmark Christmas movies, though, doesn't matter which ones you're watching, is that there's a week-long list of activities, right? When the young girl returns from the city <laughs> to her the, small town. worked a young woman named Holly who's forgotten the true spirit of Christmas. Yes. You know. Holly, Joy, Noel. Um, yes, all of those. If, if <laughs> Just once my name is Tree. You know. <laughs> that this would is my be buddy, great. Menorah. Yes. 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 The, the, hi, my name is June. What? Yes, that's right. It's very different. Um, I'm very different around these parts. But yes, they all have those names. And once she comes home from the big city, what's going on in her hometown? They've always got a festival, right? We, we, It's the festival of Christmas, the festival of trees. They usually have a, a very family-owned tree farm that may either need saving or is also the place where everybody gathers. Or it could be both, actually. Either or they way. need the money to restore the town gazebo, which is historic. Or the old clock tower. or the. You know. And it all has to be done by Christmas Eve. Yes. Every time. That's, that's the clock that's always running. And so what's interesting to me, though, is what I've noticed is my sister and I have kind of built up this activity list, if you will. And it's not really a list. It's just things that we are now doing and really enjoy doing starting right around Thanksgiving. Um, We have a friend who is part of the legendary Tacky Lights tour here in in Richmond. And she allows us to come to our house and bring the kids the, the night that she turns the lights on. And it's a very family friendly event. And the kids are all running around and the crazy lights are turned on. And I mean, we're talking millions of lights here. And it's her entire little neighborhood corner does it. And it's amazing. And they're on the tour. So we're there that night. And there are people driving by in buses 
and limos because they've rented them to go on the tacky light store, which again is famous here in Richmond. And one of my friends is on it and shares her house with us. They have a fire pit. It's fantastic. So that's one of our activities. Then we go to something that's actually called Legendary Santa. Um, he is the realest Santa you'll ever see. And he apparently started out here in Richmond in the 1940s, working down at the Miller and Rhodes building. And that particular part of town, it was like the downtown shopping area, was long since closed when I first moved here. However, they have moved Legendary Santa and the Snow Queen to the Children's Museum now. And you can go in and he comes down the chimney and he does a poem for the kids. And that's where we get our Christmas pictures with the kids every year. And it's just an experience in and of itself, even for the adults. It is a lot of fun. Um, then we, the same friend who has the Tacky Lights slow open also is part of the Tacky Lights 5K. And so she has a big party the night of the Tacky Lights 5K. We get to dress up in our tackiest Christmas sweaters and everything and go to that and celebrate. And that is an adults only activity. I was going to say, that's, so, that's everyone working off all of the eggnog and gingerbread cookies and uh, all the other things that they've eaten during the holiday season. And, but, uh, well, that would be true. Those are the people that are running. We are just there to support. Oh, and all right, so there so, is instead much more holiday and vibing. Mm. Um, because again, the tables at the side having little cups of eggnog and people throwing them back on their, you know, yes. they're running along. <laughs> yes, that is that's much more like it actually. If you're picturing that, that's more much like what it is. And then, um, in addition to doing that, which sounds obviously it's a great deal of fun, and we have that going on. We have another friend whose entire home inside is decorated with those little teeny tiny like Christmas decorations and lights. And the ornaments and the figurines and her entire house, like when you open the door at Christmas, it looks like you're walking into like a winter wonderland of these little Christmas villages. And she does a wine night for everyone to come over and see all of her holiday decorating. And I'm like, as we're going through these festivities and doing all of these things, I explained to my sister, we're building our own Hallmark movie. <laughs> now, ours is stretched out. Like, we don't have it over a seven-day period. <laughs> Oh, yes. We also have a brunch with Santa. I forgot about that, too. Yes, we have a brunch with Santa. So, you know, wouldn't want to miss that. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy. And ours is stretched out, though, and it takes up every weekend, which is, of course, what lead me, led me to the amazing idea of having it little extended weekends, month off, whatever is necessary. Um, I think the long weekend idea could work, though. Because I realize every single weekend is booked up, but at the same time, I'm I feel so lucky this year to be able to do this with my friends and family, and I'm so excited about the opportunity that now I am a cheesy Hallmark movie. Uh, well, first of all, I salute you for assimilation into the Hallmark Collective. Um, Thank you. I, I, I would say I think in a way because because I used to hate the Hallmark movies. I, I used to make fun of them almost as viciously as I made fun of the Nazi Santa in our dissection of the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, stop-motion animation cartoon. But a classic kind of, that you should look up if you haven't seen it. Yeah, we, we may do some sort of, you know, updating of, of, of uh, Nazi Santa. Uh, it's just kind of this recognition that after a while, like, the Hallmark movies, they are that way, like, on purpose. Like, they're, they're like, to the untrained eye, they're bad, right? They're, they're cheesy, they're saccharine, they're sappy. And yet what it is is like it's it's uh, it's visual comfort food. 
of course the town is perfectly decorated. You notice mm-hmm. every set in every room is decorated, right? They, they never let you forget that this is a Christmas movie. If they have a scene in their bedroom, they will have a, you know, half dozen tchotchkes and knickknacks in the background to remind if you. If not a tree. Yeah. And sometimes the room will be decorated just red and green. Every room they're in. Yes. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make sense, they're in a doctor's office. It's red These and green. Small New England towns, or occasionally they're in the Pacific Northwest or mid, you know, Colorado or Minnesota or something like that. So it's almost always a place that's got snow. Like they are. Montana seems to be very popular. Yeah. Maine. Obsessive about Christmas and like mm-hmm. everyone in the town. There is no one in the town that you can tell who does not participate. Probably because they've been stoned in some ceremony, you know, uh, before the taping of the uh, before this story took place. Um, but just kind of this sense that it, the people in the towns are either, you know, have very leisurely and have tons of time to decorate their houses and decorate the town square and stroll around to the ice skating rink and drink hot cocoa and all these, you know, you know, wonderful picturesque, you know, ideal things. Or they have to say, you know, uh, you know, find the, the, the right paperwork to prevent the evil corporation from taking over the Christmas tree farm by December 24th. Like it's always like they're either extremely busy. Well, it's good that they have their decorating done. Yes. Because honestly, the rest of it takes a lot of time. So it is nice that the entire town is decorated from the time the person shows up from the big city, which I think is really helpful. That that does, you know, cut into the time that is necessary when, you know, tracking down the big corporation, trying to save the building, the church, the trees, um, Christmas. Sometimes you just have to save Christmas. One of the most fascinating Hallmark Christmas movies that I've seen, and I'm not even certain that it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, but it's along that same line. And what's funny is Hallmark Christmas movie has become like the Kleenex of the rom-com Christmas movie. Yes, it is. It is. It's the now, you know, brand name generic, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so this is a movie that I... I, I believe it's on Prime, but it might be on Hulu. And it's called The Christmas Movie Christmas. And it's about two sisters who are in the big city. And you're shocked by this. And they're living their normal lives. And they're not having the greatest of Christmas. And, of course, their parents have passed away, which is usually really a true Hallmark thing. Parents must be gone. Um, so, you know, I can relate, but still... <laughs> They they always have the parents missing. And in this case, these girls, you know, aren't going well, but they're obsessed with Hallmark Christmas movies. They're watching them. They have favorite guys that show up in the same movies. They talk about them like we do, you know, oh, you know what's going to happen because the formula is why we come back. When you talk about that chicken soup for the soul part of it, it's the formula. We know what's going to happen. We just don't know how they're going to get there. And that's OK, too. Um, we know that there's going to be drama, but it's probably not going to be that bad. And so the girls are really into Hallmark Christmas movies, et cetera. And through the magic of Christmas, they end up in a town in a Christmas movie setting. Oh, okay. I did see portions of this one. Yes. It is hilarious and spectacular. And they meet, of course, the perfect guy and the perfect, you know, each of them have a set and they have friends. And the one child they refer to, hello, adorable random child. (laughs) <laughs> that just shows up. And so, yeah, like it, it's definitely a fascinating take on the genre, but a great little movie in itself. Yeah, because, you know, there, there's first of all, like the Hallmark Christmas movie is the one of the few things you could watch with your grandmother and like a four year old and nobody would see anything that would be offensive or inappropriate or bothersome or anything like that. I remember right. watching one Christmas movie, Hallmark Christmas movie, where the woman had to confess she had a major vice. 
Christmas cookies. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was you know, and like to me it was like you know, that is the most uh you know harmless you know secret vice that you could possibly have. Um, but yeah, like there's the, the lack of any character who looks at anything, anything, you know, being like, hey, town, doesn't this seem a little excessive, you know, or the fact that everyone, you know, like, <laughs> dad, do you have it? Really? We decorated the bathroom with Christmas stuff. You know, uh-huh. there's, there's no one who looks at any of anything in a Hallmark Christmas movie and finds it ridiculous or over the top to everybody. This is perfectly normal. It's always the way they've celebrated Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Mickey, have you caught any of the non Hallmark Christmas movies that are clearly trying to emulate the Hallmark Christmas movies in a certain way, but yeah, whether whether it's Netflix or the networks or something like that, that it's it's clearly like they've said, oh, we can improve upon that because my speaking yes, they definitely want to tap into this market. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen CBS do it, Netflix and others, as you mentioned, and yeah, I I have seen some. Was there one in particular you were thinking of? <laughs> well, let's see. So there was the uh, the Noel Diary, or sorry, Noel Diary. I, I read it as the Noel Diary. Now, have you seen this movie? I have. Uh, it was. It, by the way, we should point out this one is on Netflix. Uh, it is not. You know, and it is clearly one. It's uh, based on a novel. It by, stars the guy, the hot guy from This Is Us. Justin Hartley, who was from That's This Is name. Us. He was Green <laughs> Arrow on Smallville. Uh, Barrett. Daw- oh, Bonnie. Most importantly, you could argue that this. What has it going for it? It's a Christmas movie with Bonnie Bedelia. Alas, it is not part of the Die Hard series. True. And, you know, it, it is, you could see, it was like somebody said, oh, it's like they looked at a Hallmark Christmas movie and said, we can do that. We're going to make it better, but we're not going to have it cheesy and saccharine and sappy. And I think the lesson, like, I I was kind of eh, okay with it, but I'm like, the cheesiness, the saccharineness, all, everything that makes you make fun of in a Hallmark Christmas movie is part of what makes it enjoyable. And when you That's take what all makes that it out, good. Yes. It, 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 yeah. It's just another movie then. I found, yes, I found The Noel Diary to be bad. I gave it a thumbs down on Netflix, which I rarely do. Even if I'm like, eh, on the movie, I'll like either say nothing or leave it in the middle. This one got a thumbs down for me because, again, I expect certain things from my Christmas movie. And one of them is to not be a movie. I would like them to be, you know, like I want to know what's coming, what to expect. And they did have some of the same formulaic things. And I, um, I think that they tried to make it like a little more, you know, like more dramatic a little darker i don't know <laughs> what they were you know again make it yeah. more of a real movie that would be heartwarming i guess but i found it to be almost unfinished yeah <laughs> there were a <laughs> lot of loose ends that didn't work for me um and i don't want to give too much away in case people haven't seen it yet but at one point someone said to me i was discussing this with my sister and she liked the movie and and we i went but why and what we came down to was that she liked it because she likes Justin Hartley. Yeah, and I'm like, point out, like, what made this very clearly not a Hallmark movie is he's playing this phenomenally successful author. By the way, as an author, I point out that very few people are that phenomenally successful. <laughs> he looks like Justin Hartley, meaning he is ruggedly handsome and, you know, got a perfect six pack and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, basically, he's playing like the a, a non-sexual Christian Grey. This utter male fantasy of this ideal, super wealthy, super handsome. This could be, actually, this could be Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. We should check that out and find out because you're absolutely right. Like he is, you know, the equivalent of the manic pixie dream guy. Yes. He is this utter, you know, masculine ideal who is single. 
um, and not connected to, um, you know, he's, you know, he, he won't let people get close to him. And of course the right woman is going to come along and melt his heart and, and all that. With her stuff. smile. Yeah. And it just was <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm sure people can point to, uh, movies that have really unrealistic and idealized fantasy women. I think it's pretty clear this kind of character stock character is a really unrealistic, idealized fantasy figure for women. Um, and he just kind of, um, you know, it looks like it's building up to this story of a woman finding her, uh, mother who gave her up. Don't give away the ending. Well, I can't give it away, but let's just say (laughs) it doesn't go the way you'd think. And it also involved this other theme of like reconciliation with family members. And again, I feel like they tried to make more of a movie than it needed to be. Um, Now, on the flip side of that, Netflix has had some really, like, great movies this season as well. Um, I'm a big fan of some of their older stuff, which I can give you a list or put them in the chat notes for the show. Um, Which, by the way, while I'm on that, be sure to follow, like us, subscribe um, wherever you're listening and put a little note in there if you like what you're hearing, because that always helps us. And it lets us know what you're into. Um, but having said that, Netflix has done a really good job with a couple movies this year. And one of them is going to surprise none of the people who know me or are longtime listeners. But Falling for Christmas <laughs> by the, the, the superstar, Lindsay Lohan, in her epic return. And I, I have to tell you, I was excited. I... I was also a little nervous though, okay, because I I'm I I am one of those Lindsay Lohan cheerleaders. I want her to be successful. I want her life to turn out okay. I don't want us to have ruined her at like 13 as a as a society. Um, so I want her to be okay. I actually think she's a great little actress. And Mean Girls is legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time, and also a Christmas movie for those of you. Who- I always list it as a Christmas movie on my list. So Lindsay coming back to the small screen, which is kind of, you know, a, a real first for her. Um, but coming back to the small screen to do this type of movie. And it is a true to the formula Hallmark Christmas movie. It has definitely um, inspired by Overboard a little bit. Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of people making that comparison. Yes. Yes. Inspired by Overboard a little bit as Lindsay is a very wealthy, spoiled, rotten heiress like her, you know, former friend or maybe current friend, Paris Hilton, that she used to (laughs) run around with. Um, She's very much that that persona. And she has an instant where she falls and hits her head and doesn't remember who she is. And so she ends up becoming, you know, hanging out with the commoners, if you will, just normal people. And it's a great little story. And I will tell you, I gave a very minimal review. I thought it was fantastic for her. It was great to see her back on the screen. And I will say this, she gobbles up the screens and the scenes that she is in. Um, It is 100% obvious that she's a real star. Like she's a real actress. Um, against the foils of these people who are, you know, they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. They're just not her. And at that level, the supporting cast in a Hallmark Christmas movie or even a non Hallmark Christmas movie isn't meant to stand out. Right. Exactly. You're not supposed to notice and say, wow, uh, you know, Wilford Brimley playing the grumpy old man next door who might just be the real Santa. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. Ed Asner is the one who always seems to get that. Yes. Yes. You know, 
the generic sassy black friend. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, those characters aren't meant to distract you from the, the main characters. And it, because Hallmark Christmas movies have kind of turned into this, like, you know, actors and actresses from our childhood who are kind of a retirement home for them or, or a, maybe not a retirement home, a, a, a uh, later years pension plan. Look, um, it is a home for actresses that were, you know, popular in their teens and 20s. When they come back in their late 30s and 40s, they can go to Hallmark, Lifetime, yes. now Great American Movies. Um, Keller, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Cameron. You are um, a sitcom in the 80s. You Candace are Cameron Alex. Burr. Yes. Yes, absolutely. There, there's a ton of them. There's actually another girl from Mean Girls. Um, Lacey Chabert. Yep. She is also the queen of Hallmark movies. But. I think it's kind of great that these women have been able to like recreate their careers. And one of the things you start to notice is they're also producers on a lot of these movies. So you know that they're actually making money and having some control over these movies as well. And again, you know, how how hard could it be as an actor or an actress to do this type of movie? Wouldn't you think this would be like the cheat day? Yes. Of acting. This this isn't Shakespeare. This isn't, um, you know, maybe you have to fake tears. Although I've noticed, you know, like how often, like if there's like some sort of, you know, trauma in the, the character's past, mm-hmm. they'll they'll give you just enough to acknowledge it. You know, they'll they'll pan over to the photo, the old family photo, and they'll be looking out the window, looking sad. And then they move on because this is not meant to be about, you know, overcoming trauma or something like that. It's supposed to be that, oh, at Christmas time. I've learned to trust again, or I've learned to open <laughs> my heart, or you know, yes. or yes. Ed Asner, the crunky man next door, who might just be called Nick. What if he's the real Saint Nick? You know, that kind of. Yeah. Or um, when I watched was, recently, you know, where a girl named Chrissy Kringle <laughs> started getting all the letters to Santa. Yes. So, you know. Yes. The, this is the magic of the Hallmark Christmas movie. One of the things I do, I, I'd like to lodge a complaint with Christmas movie makers. Okay. We see a lot, and I mean a lot, of remakes of the Christmas Carol, right? The great Dickens yeah. story, A Christmas Carol. And um, we never see nearly enough of It's a Wonderful Lifestyle. And I think they are much more interesting because The Christmas Carol is basically the same story over and over and over again. It is one of my least favorite Christmas movies in any version, for real. And... I think my favorite version of it is probably either Scrooged or the Muppets version. Um, But again, I feel like there's a million versions of that. And it's a wonderful life. Depending on how you develop the characters and what they do with their life, that could be different every single time. And we never see enough of those being remade, in my opinion. I think you're on to something. One is that, you know... um... Yeah, we've seen a lot of versions of Christmas Carol, unless you've got, and it seems like every male actor wants to play Scrooge, unless you're Patrick Stewart, unless you're someone who's, you know, mm-hmm. got a record of hitting it out of the park time and time again. I, I don't know if, you, unless there's something really different and unique about your spin, I think the audience is like, oh, okay, you know, you're going to see the ghost of Christmas past, ghost of Christmas present, ghost of Christmas future, and, you know, that, you know, we've seen the high visual effects versions, we've seen the quiet we've seen the musicals as you said we mentioned, well and now we've got like, ryan reynolds and yeah and will farrell doing spirited which is basically a christmas carol with song and dance yeah also like I, i'm kind of observing like that is a pairing that i'm 
not sure how I feel about because Ryan Reynolds has his very distinct thing. Like, the other interesting, like Ryan, how many movies has Ryan Reynolds made where you'd say, other than The Rock, the Red Notice film he made, Ryan Reynolds doesn't really share the stage very well. Uh, no. Yeah, maybe no. Brolin in uh, in the second Deadpool movie. By and large, Ryan Reynolds is on stage to do Ryan Reynolds stuff. Yes. In fact, I wish he would do less of that and more real acting in future mm-hmm. movies. Um, just as a note, I'm sure he's totally listening right now. Uh, <laughs> a note to him. But uh, I think the combination is interesting because neither one of them really share the screen very well. Yeah. And like Farrell, you know, I'm going to tell you the movies, truth. But... I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it. He chews a lot of scenery. <laughs> he's, yeah. you know, you know, actually, probably the best time he's shared the screen was the Lego movie. And it's in part because he really wasn't on screen. It was his mm. voice, you know, for, for a large chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. You know, I guess John C. Riley, you know, he had a couple of the, the stepbrothers and stuff like that. But a Will Elf Ferrell is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. So maybe that's why I haven't watched Spirited, because mm. I don't want to blemish what is the greatest Christmas movie of all time by seeing Will Ferrell in what looks like a train wreck. Yeah. Now, have you seen it or no? No, I haven't. And I kind of, you know, like, again, you know, the, you know, again, a Ryan Reynolds movie, I should, I'm should be the target audience for, um, you know, I, I, I think the appeal of say last year's red notice film was basically they said, well, we've got Ryan Reynolds, we've got Gail Godot, and we've got, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And we're going to have Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds things. We're going to have Side Gal note, Gadot that was a bad doing Gal Gadot things. We're going to have, you know, The Rock doing The Rock thing. Like, I, you know, I'm sure, and everyone's just going to have a good time. And we have no higher aspirations, no pretensions. This is an action comedy with three really big stars doing what they do best. And, it was a bad movie. Oh, really? All right, well, you know, I... I disagree. Mm-hmm. Not this is agree. not a discussion about Red Nose, but I will tell you right now, that was a bad movie. Wait, yes, they had all of those people in it, and like that was all they could do with them was basically like, hey, play this character that you've done before. I just felt like it was very weak and very lazy. Uh, if, I, I think by, I think that, would you call lazy, I'm going to say laid back. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, modest, <laughs> enjoyable, fun aspirations. I'm not the least bit offended by you not liking that movie, Mickey, even though people said it reminded people of my books. Um, Okay, so yeah. So I guess the other question would be again. So, all right. So, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds doing a musical, they're stepping out of their comfort zone. I don't know if, you know, when you step out of your comfort zone, there's always a chance the audience is going to say, eh, we don't really want that. (laughs) Oddly enough, it's probably going to be a success because Mm. even, you know, it's on Apple. And so if you're an Apple subscriber, you're probably going to watch it and it'll probably be like their best Christmas movie ever, even if it's not very good. So there's something to be said on that as well. I also kind of, you know, I, I, I guess the other thing I'm going to observe is that we haven't there was a stretch where people just stopped making Christmas movies. And maybe that's why Hallmark was able to kind of come along and make this big cultural splash is because you just didn't see Christmas movies of the multiplex very much. Um and and so now I guess I give them credit because you think about it, like, you know, let's say Home Alone, mm-hmm. Die Hard, greatest Christmas movie of all time, mm-hmm. uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What, what are the ones like people always watch around this time of year? Uh, see, now for me, one of them is Christmas Chronicles, um, which okay. uh, uh, the, and and that is the Santa Claus Chronicles. It, it, yes. It, with uh, Kurt Russell. Yes, exactly. 
and that's on Netflix one. I love that. I have to watch that. I think it's and it great. It was originally intended to be a theatrical release. I think mm-hmm. Netflix said, you know what, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we'll get more people just watching it at home. It's spectacular. Uh, first one. I mean, just driven by the raw charisma of Kurt Russell and just right. diving into the role, and you can tell he's having the time of his life being. Oh my god. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, he's Santa, but he's Kurt Russell as Santa, which makes him a little hipper and younger. It's just so much. It's it's great. I love it. Um, love that. Absolutely love that movie. But yeah, that that is a Netflix movie. So going back again, I just said Elf. Elf is one of the greatest movies ever. Um, and I, obviously, I I never a Christmas movie was into the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies, but I guess they probably have their you know. Oh, they they're they're not bad. Yeah. Uh, um, there was Fred Claus starring Vince Vaughn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. And, like, I think people have done them. I just don't think they've done them well. Yeah. Which is probably why this market of Hallmark is really perfect. Mickey? Mickey? And then we will have... 